The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving Purdue's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Boilermakers amazing pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. They have to win there. Painter understands. Oh, anybody? John Hawkins baptizing the masses. Trying to save it. Jump ball here. And kept in play by Edwards. What a great they numbers. They got numbers. Edwards steps it in. Oh. The Boilers got a look up, baby. It's only Tanner Lee and Andrew Eiler tonight. Evan Webb couldn't join us tonight for what is going to be the last episode of the Boiler Breakdown for Season 2. Uh, we'll still be back here and there, hopefully with some interviews with some former Purdue players and some uh, trivia nights and things like that. But as far as or if any big breaking news happens or anything, but as far as just a weekly episode, this is probably our last one till about August when football rolls around. But we're happy you're here with us tonight. Uh, happy whether you're watching on Facebook, live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, or listening wherever you listen to your podcast app. Please hit us, hit that subscribe button. And if it's on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating or re- and and or review. We really appreciate it. Um, how are you doing tonight, Andrew? Are, have you recovered? I'm okay Friday now. Night? It's it's better than the whole. Big Ten is taking a dive. That kind of helps a little bit, take the edge off. You're right, it has. And, you know, I'm kind of – I'm getting better with my sports losses. Um, I mean, this one, it hurts. Don't get me wrong. It's disappointing, but it doesn't hurt as bad as, of course, the Virginia one or, or even the Little Rock. Um, <laughs> but uh, to, to name a few. But I kind of have a new rule for myself where I'm trying to give myself 48 hours before I – do too much on social media or get on the message boards or anything. And that seemed to really help this time around. I haven't, I've been on the message board a little bit now, but I really have been avoiding most, most things that aren't put up by the moderators that are like more news driven than actual, like just people 
spouting good, off. Good, good, good approach there. Um, surprisingly, Twitter wasn't too bad. Um, of what I've seen after getting on after 48 hours, I mean, maybe it was before 48 hours. Um, but the message boards still, even after 48 hours, is a little, there's a few on there that's like, I wouldn't be putting that out there, but to each their own. Um, but definitely disappointing results. Um, Mm -hmm. first round exit again, overtime lost to a higher seed, North Texas, who was the 13th seed. It's um, it's interesting if we'd go back, like you said, if you go back four months. We have a comment. Purdue, here, yeah. On Facebook from Skip. Any insight on Emmanuel? I'm, I'm assuming Duana. you're talking about Emmanuel Duana. Not besides everything that's been reported that, uh, I mean, he's pretty much been, he had COVID-19. I think that was probably reported. And then he's just fought off. Um, it really Blasting, took a hard, hard, hard lingering effects. Yeah, yeah, lingering effects. Sounded like he had. So. Sounded like he had some. They called it like asthma related, mm-hmm. and then it was COVID, probably on top of it. That just, I don't know. Who knows? So I don't, I don't know if he'll be back, back next year or not. I, I, I too early to tell. Um, and that's he's had a rough. He's had a rough stretch. Just constantly. He, he sure has. He sure has. And and, and it's too bad because this year there was a few games Purdue could have really used him from a depth perspective when. Williams and Edie got in foul trouble, but yes, ho- hopefully he'll, he's um, can get all healthy and um, be back on the team next year, but, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, Friday night, just a disappointing first round loss, but you know, a lot of, a lot of Purdue fans act like this is a common thing. Purdue's won 17 of their last 20 first round games in all three losses. Of course they've come in the last six years, but they've all been either overtime or double overtime. Mm-hmm. So pretty darn close to winning all 20. But um, and really the other night, it wasn't as frustrating to me as the Little Rock. If you remember back in 2016, uh, garbage that was yeah, just throwing 2016, up Purdue had the chance to close the door up like 12 with four minutes left and left the crack open for weird things to happen, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and in this case, North Texas just outplayed Purdue. Yeah. Uh, did Purdue lead after it was like six to three? I don't think so. No, they tied it a few not. times and yep. never got over the hump. But yeah, North Texas was just in control. Had, had the Pretty. chance to get the lead late, missed some free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, but North Texas always responded. Um, they made vet- their free throws. Yep, veteran guard play. That's kind of what we've seen in March during this crazy tournament. So if our veteran guards, more times than not, will lead to victories. Yeah. Got a comment here from one of our loyal uh, viewers, Robert Rainey, on Facebook. Uh, Are you saying Painter shouldn't be fired? We shouldn't turn over the entire roster. Is that a little bit of an overreaction? I don't know. I don't. We didn't say that. We didn't say not fire Painter. We're not sure yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't don't get the Painter trolls coming out from under their bridges. That's one thing I did notice. Where they hid pretty much all year off the message boards, or at least since November, and they came out in droves. So. I, I don't care. Oh, yeah, when Purdue lost some of those early games to Clemson, mm-hmm. Miami. Miami. Yeah. But, which, Purdue going back then, I didn't even yeah. think Purdue was going to be a tourney team. So, uh, another loyal viewer and listener, Ray Davis, no, Painter shouldn't be fired. We, we completely agree. I think Painter's a lifer at Purdue. I do, too. I think as long as he wants to be there, he'll be there. Um, I mean, he's still – He's like 
50, isn't he? He's like, just exactly 50. Yeah. I mean, it just, he's been there so long. It seems like he's older than that. And I mean, he's just hitting a stride and really he's on pace to leave Purdue as the all time winningest head coach and probably go down the books as their greatest head coach. Um, I mean, all, all I think he's really got to do is at least get them to one final four and keep winning games. And then he kind of surpasses Gene. But I mean, I don't know. You, you can, I mean, we, we got a ways to go there, but no, don't don't fire Painter. Matt's still the right guy for the job. Um, this team should be really good next year. It'll be interesting to see if they're all back or if they lose one or two people, whether mm-hmm. it be transfer or whatever. Um, got to think somebody's going to leave, but I don't know who that would be. Do you think Trevion tests the NBA or anything? I mean, I know he talked about – I don't know when he said it. I read. I swear, I read it recently that he was like, "Yeah, I'm not thinking about it." But I mean, that's the right way to put it. But I mean, coming off of a all Big Ten caliber, I mean, like, not what more can he do if he yeah, ever exactly. wants to? But I don't know how much of a career he'd have anyway. Like, what his ceiling is? I think you're exactly right. I think it just depends on what kind of draft preparation the NBA is going to have this year with COVID. Um, if it's anything like a normal season. I would think he should enter and and, and work go out the evaluation. And, yeah. yeah, go for the through the evaluations. Which, if that's the case, I think a lot of our guys should do that just to learn what they mm-hmm. need to work on and then come hey, back. No, no gel did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no gel did it like three times. It seemed like, um, but Travion, uh, he has a chance to be the uh, preseason Big Ten Player of the Year next year. In my opinion, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who comes back. Yeah, because our good our good buddy who's an Illinois fan, he's he's convinced Coburn's gonna come back. Ah, Trevion's better. It's fine. Not not Io though. Io Io yeah. posted on his Twitter night, he's gone. So Garza, Garza <laughs> could come back, like technically, right? They retired his number already. So yeah, I mean I mean a lot of these guys already did, went through but... their senior day stuff. Um I don't think we'll see too many seniors throughout the NCAA landscape come back. I don't I don't think near as many as a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. But we will see. And speaking of Travion race, that he should stay and graduate, then go play overseas. I think his game is more fit for overseas. He I, needs I to would, develop a consistent yeah. jumper if he wants a shot at the NBA. That mid-range jumper he took with the first possession of overtime mm. was terrible. Terrible possession. Yep. Terrible yeah. decision. Speaking of that, I mean, I felt so good going into overtime as Good I did eye. the previous week going into Ohio State because we clawed back, uh, yeah. and then we were just so flat in both overtimes. I know it's all it's so it's just like whatever that first minute like you get off to a good start and it's like it's done you're right or terrible start and you can't come back you're you're exactly right momentum and just the airs let out and it's just like oh you're you're exactly right uh Robert says here on Facebook Trey has to add some range to his jumper like Landry JJ and Swanigan Mm did absolutely I I would I'd be interested if he goes through the evaluations and they're like oh if you can get like a little bit more athletic, like Trimmer. I mean, because he's he's lost. He looks good. I mean, he's he was in really good shape this year. But if he gets, I don't know if it's ten more pounds or what, just to get more kind of nimble and quicker off the floor, quicker off his feet, anything like that, he just gets a little bit more explosive. What that would do to him because he's already a he's a beast. I mean, he's mm-hmm. gonna be like the best rebounder in the Big Ten next year. Yeah, I mean, look, look what he did on that steal and that dunk. I didn't think yeah. he had that in him. Well, he tried. He almost he did it the week before, right against Ohio State, but he missed it. Yeah, he did the Euro step. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of flipped the game when he, he yeah. did Euro step missed, and then Ohio State came down to Euro step and made it. Was, it. And it's like, it oh, was pretty. It was pretty funny though. It was pretty cool that he tried it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he uh, 
Yeah, he's only going to get better. If he, he, I think I said it. He's going to be one of my all-time favorites at Purdue, I think, up there. Top yeah. five, probably. He's honestly lifetime. a lot better than I thought he ever would be. So. I was pretty excited when they when he came just because he was he had all those videos of him like shooting threes That's and true. dribbling between his legs and all his ball handling stuff. Like, man, this guy's like three hundred pound, six ten point guard. <laughs> I got a comment here from Skip. Can we see Mason and Aaron rotate with Kaufman at the three and Travion and uh Caleb first at the four? <laughs> Um, rotate and Coach Painter find a fifth-year center to rotate with Edie. I think first is going to probably play more of center as well. Yeah, I mean, I I could see first playing some four down mm-hmm. the road, but as a five, I think he's a five when he starts out. Just too much decision-making almost. I mean, I think like you can see like the Vince Edwards where he's kind of a guard and maybe first can do that eventually. I I think asking Mason or Kaufman to play the three. I think asking Gillis to play the three is asking too much of him next year. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting um, to see how this all works out. <clears throat> really, the guy on paper with Kaufman and first coming in, the guy who looks to be lost in the shuffle is going to be Aaron Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of interested. Like I know first is like has to play, but I'm kind of I don't know where he's going to play because I mean I think he has to play the five. I mean to get some minutes, he's going to play the four a little bit. But I, I don't see him playing much over – he's not going to play over Trevion, and I don't no. see him, like, at least not early on, playing over Edie for he how much he's – seven four. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't know where first is going to play. That's the one I'm like – I think Kaufman's got some time at the four that he, Gillis, and Wheeler can sort out. But, I mean, or one of them will kind of slip away. But I don't see Trevion or Edie giving up more. I mean, you got to have – you got to have Trevion out there 28, 30 minutes if yeah. you can. Edie, I don't know. That doesn't leave much time between Edie and first. No, it doesn't. And and I haven't watched either of them play a ton, but from what I've watched and what I've read, a lot of people are saying that first is more ready right now to come and play than, than Kaufman. Mm-hmm. So. But I don't, I don't see him at the, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong and he yeah. can play the four. I don't know if he's quick enough to play the four. That's just kind of a tough position. If you're kind of a five border, you're a you're like a, a four or five and to come in and play the four at big 10 is kind of challenging. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's still a it's still reason to be very excited about the future of Purdue basketball. Absolutely, it's just unfortunate that these guys. I know you and I, Andrew, have been saying for a while. Even though a lot of Purdue fans had high expectations as the season went on, we were just saying win one game in the tournament and everything else is gravy. And unfortunately, yeah. What do you see? I mean, I obviously I think I feel like we're pretty set. Obviously, we just listed we're stacked down low. Next year, everybody assuming everybody comes back that can and will, and as far as we know, outside of Ivy, how do you feel about the guards? I mean, Ivy clearly, I mean, the last ten games was locked in, and it yeah. looks like a all Big Ten player potentially mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. Newman had flashes, but kind of disappeared. He did the second half of the season. Sasha had flashes early, and then never feel like he got going after COVID. Isaiah was clutch. I feel like I mean, he, he played well the had, other night. I thought he had I. He kind of disappears on defense some a little bit, I think, and gets pushed around. But, I mean, he hit big threes at big times. It seemed like mm-hmm. whenever Purdue was in close games and he was down in there in the second half. Yeah, I honestly thought he played better defense than Sasha the other night. I thought mm-hmm. they took it to Sasha. And we've seen that before. Um, like last year in the last game of the season against Rutgers, Rutgers just started taking it to Sasha in the second half. And Sa- yeah. It's a I little bit slow. Sasha didn't play much the second half. And I think I it was think. he kept getting caught yeah. on that ball screen. I mean, just looking at the minutes, Isaiah played the 
fifth most minutes. I mean, he played 28 minutes. Yep. So Sasha, Sasha's 19 and Newman's 12. Yeah, Newman. I am a little nervous, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm kind of scared he could if potentially be one to transfer, and I hope not. I don't know. I think I he, he stuck around. Uh, I mean, you know he works hard. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of, not. I don't know, getting getting knowing his role. I don't know if he, since he scored 29 against Minnesota, he kind of fell off. He didn't yeah. really shoot all that well. He didn't take all that many yeah. shots. I mean, he played good defense. I mean, made mm-hmm. a lot of little plays, but he just didn't score. In he's like a little. Month of February. He's get better with his ball handling and his passing. A little turnover prone at times. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I hope he sticks around because I think he's got a very bright future. And then so, Hunter, what about Hunter? Hunter's he, defense is great, but his offense yep. the last month, month and a half was just a rel- It wasn't there. It's kind of like once the calendar turned from twenty to twenty-one when he came back and he hit those his mid-range jumpers and it was great. Like Purdue's offense was totally different when he was managing it and hitting jumpers. And some occasional threes, but yeah. Ray Davis says Newman could be another uh, Stevens, referring to Kendall Stevens and transfer. He could be. I, I hope I'm wrong there. I, I mm-hmm. hope I'm just talking nonsense. We have another comment I here from our, our co-host, one of our co-hosts, our other co-host, not one of our co-hosts, our other co-host, uh, Evan Webb. So is this the practice run of the season two finale so we can run it back when I can record again? Go back to the mountain, Evan. Hey, hey call in. I'll send you the link. <laughs> call call in from your vacation. Um, but yeah, that's a good that's a good question about the guards because this this transfer wire is gonna be nuts mm-hmm. this offseason because it's nobody's gotta sit out. Anybody can go anywhere. I mean, heck, the kid that's been uh, tearing it up for um Oral Roberts, the guard, he's only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He could go to a bigger program if, if, if oh, I know what a great audition if you can mm-hmm. transfer and go anywhere, yeah. That's why I think the days of seeing a Steph Curry or somebody like that are are done. Well, I mean, when did did uh, did Davidson? Did he have two years at Davidson where they were good, like his junior and senior year? He he never got. Uh, he made the run. I thought was this a sophomore year when he was okay. then came back. Yeah, I didn't know if it was two. Yeah, he was I can't good, remember. but the team wasn't as good. Yeah. That's when we shut him down in the wooden uh-huh. tradition. Yeah. But I don't know. It just it just feels like it's taken away that from the smaller schools where if somebody does blow up in March, you 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 know the big blue blood bloods will come calling, hey, you can do this for us and get even more exposure for yourselves at the next level. So I yeah. I don't know. I know, you see that though, but then you think of like I know not where did where Jod Jod Proctor, where did he come from? Where did he transfer from? I can't remember. Oh Jihad Proctor, where did he play? But I mean, he he came from where he was averaging like, yeah, twenty like twenty a game, yeah, and then That's he came to Purdue. I don't remember where he played. It was like it wasn't like UNC Greensburg or something. No, it was out east though. Like yeah, George Washington, not George Washington. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. I don't know, but I mean, he went from being like a stud to being like a high, point, high point, high mm, point, high point. To being like a, yeah, like a good a good player, but not like by any means like Purdue's best player or anything like that. To where, yeah, he was a good, yeah, good role player. So you see these guys that are like studs on Ohio or something like that, or I'm sure they can contribute a bigger, but it's not gonna like they're gonna come in and score 18 points. Uh, Ray Davis is asking us about uh, Brown, Jamal Brown. Uh, what do you think? Will he recommit? I think he's a goner. 
If he doesn't go to Penn State, I think Purdue has a good chance just because he never got to visit. Like, he literally, like, I think he committed his whole recruitment was during yeah. COVID shutdown. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get to go anywhere. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I don't, I, I mean, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of hard to commit at that point anyway. But I mean, it's, I guess, hold your spot if you really like the coaching staff and really like Shrewsbury, I guess. But, um, that, that was his only connection to Purdue was Shrewsbury was his lead recruiter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, he did all this during COVID. He hadn't even played much basketball due to injuries the last couple of years, but then he, he had a pretty good season this year and a very limited schedule. Um, he's from Pennsylvania, four-star for I mean, 20, class 2022. It makes sense. Penn State I makes a lot of sense. Penn State makes a lot of sense. I if he, I hope – I mean, if he gives Purdue a chance and like gives, if, if he visits, if, if whatever, if that looks like the summer or fall, if he can take visits, I think Purdue would have a decent chance just because of, I mean, clearly the basketball upward trend mm-hmm. if you want to go play for – Penn State, Micah Shrewsbury is going to be rebuilding if he even has yeah. a roster next year after yeah. everybody transfers like out. Or, in the portal already. Yeah. Jeez. Or potentially if like a Big Ten favorite potentially next year or two years from now. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I guess I've kind of already just determined he's going to go to Penn State. I just think it, everything's kind of lining up. And I would sense. say I would agree. That makes kind of makes the most sense right now, but that's totally like, okay, well, yeah. you got to like the school also. Yep. And – at least he didn't do this really late. At least it still gives Purdue time to go get a guard. I mean, they're going to have to fill four scholarships. Fletcher Lawyers won um, from Homestead, but they still got three more spots to fill. I mean, I don't know what's taking Hyde so long from Minnesota. It feels like, but I mean, also, forever. I mean, or does Painter save one? And if Eric Hunter wants to come back for another year, I and mean, Trevion. I don't think would I mean he's gonna go pro I would think after he graduates and if that's if that's try the NBA and or they go overseas Hunter maybe he wants to come back for a fifth year if Purdue is a Big Ten favorite or yeah, say next but- year they don't win the Big Ten and they're close or something and he's got kind of unfinished business I don't know that's so then he save one and, and I think that's a conversation they're gonna have to have Henry next year like yeah hey, like now it's almost mind? like yeah. now I know like. Yeah, I, I know you know you got a year to play, but where's your mindset? Because I need to know for recruiting. Mm-hmm. So that that is interesting. I, I I didn't even cross my mind. I keep forgetting this whole scholarship situation is going to be a mess for the next few years. So. Yeah, plus the transfers, and I mean, yep. also that's what I mean. If Painter goes and picks up one of these mm-hmm. studs from uh, somewhere else, or there's. Marcus Carr. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice, but there's not a lot. No, one of those, one of those six Penn State guards in the in yeah. the transfer portal. There's a, it's it's a, um, North Carolina had a good uh, freshman forward put his name in the portal today, so it's going to be wild. From, it's it's going to be wild Kentucky. because yeah. you know you look at the landscape of the Big Ten going into next year, and a lot of teams like uh, take an Illinois for instance. If if Desumo and Coburn both leave, and then they lose uh, Frazier and Williams. You're thinking they're going to fall down a peg or two, but you got to think eh, they can go get right in the transfer portal and put themselves in a better position than they normally would. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I think Indiana will be a big player in the transfer portal. Well, I mean, they're going to have to. Whoever the new coach is is probably mm-hmm. going to – if he's coming from another school, I'm sure there's going to be some recruits or guys that may come with him. Uh yeah, and try to get his guys in. Do you think so? Has anybody transferred out yet? From I know Durham. Durham's the only one. Um, Jackson Davis said he's waiting to make up his mind as far as pros until a new coach is hired. Um, Lyle and um, Kid Lyle. Galloway both have said they're staying. So Lyle. 
Trey Lyle, he was Mr. Basketball last year in the state of Indiana. And he, he was on off their bench. Anthony Leal? Leal, not Lyle. Leal. Like Trey, Trey. like Trey Lyle um, from like, yeah. like 10 years ago. Yeah, thank you. My yep. We went to Kentucky. That was a good one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's an NBA player. Wow. That was a brain fart. Yep. <laughs> Got It's like I hope Trey Lyle. Oh, no, you're not right. There. <laughs> I, I, oh, wow, that was I was so confident in that too. That's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Robert here on Facebook. We could have had seven years of Elijah Sindelar. Technically, we could have. He yeah. would have came back last year for a sixth year, and then with COVID yeah. hidden, <laughs> seven would have been the longest tenure in NCAA. <clears throat> It'd been like Brandon Whedon. Um, yeah, I'd be 28 coming out. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, of course, sour taste left in the mouth of all Purdue fans Friday night. And the players, of course. But I think this group is a determined group, and they can use this as a fuel to the fire for next year. That's what makes me think. Like, you're talking about, like, Newman, about, like, you're worried about him. I'm not because he seems competitive. And it just, I don't know, just the mentality. He seems like he's kind of like that hard-nosed, like, I don't know, really competitive and like kind of the guy that Painter wants to keep and like the guy that fits really well with what Purdue kind of ba- Purdue basketball, I guess, what I think of with Purdue mm-hmm. basketball. Like, I don't know, Eric Hunter, just kind of an unselfish, like I'm going to go play hard, play defense, and do what's best for the team. So, yep. That's I'm not real worried about him. Um, but we when we opened up, we mentioned the Big Ten. Talk about conference underwhelming so far in the tournament. Oh, and- folks. LSU is down – or, sorry, LSU is up 47-45 on Michigan with 17 and a half minutes left in the second They're half. So, LSU knocked them out in the Maryland to lose the Alabama yeah. night and the Big Ten doesn't even get a Sweet 16 team. I would – I kind of I am rooting for that. I'm kind of oh, rooting I for the Big care. Ten yeah, just, just, <laughs> just to blow up. Um, yep. I, I still don't think it was an overrated conference by any means. I stand by my point that it was the best conference of college basketball, but you do look at it. Assuming Michigan or Maryland doesn't get hot and win the national championship, it's been 21 years since a school from the Big Ten's won it, and that was Michigan State back in 2000. 2000. We've seen Big Ten teams seven different times in that time span make the championship. I know, and we were just talking, yeah. Why? Ohio State, yeah, a couple times. Why is that, Andrew? I mean, I know it's hard to pinpoint. What are some of your reasons why? I feel like it's just luck almost at times. I mean, you just get hot at the right time. I. Like or Purdue, and like you think of the Hummel injury, like could that have been the year? Um, yeah. I'm sure there's others. Like I know Michigan, whatever Isaiah Livers is out. I mean, maybe the other if they lose, but still. Even Purdue's team in 2018 when Haas went down. Yeah, I don't know if they were. They weren't as. I don't think they were as good as. Do you think they were as good as the the? the no, no. Um, oh yeah, I think they're better than the Carson. You think team. they're better than the Carson team? I, I don't know. You I think because I mean, like Carson and Klein just went. They went bonkers. Sure. Still, and that's what you're gonna have to do. But give me a team of a balanced team of Haas, Edward, yeah. Matthias, Thompson, um, Klein, and, and and the other Edwards Carson off the bench I mean, or or in the guard role. I mean that that team was they were rolling at one point, but mm-hmm. they kind of hit a road bump towards the end of the year. And then Haas's injury, I think they beat Texas Tech with them healthy. I don't think they probably beat Villanova. But they get to the Elite Eight and, and go against you know, them. And then at that point, that's what I mean. You get to the Elite Eight, and then it's just kind of like yeah, freaking Butler. Butler should have won it. Yeah. Gordon Hayward was two inches away from yeah. making a half quarter to win. Yeah, And that was Butler's really good team. I mean, that team was solid. The next Howard, Hayward, Mack. That mean, was exactly – With that foul. And, exactly. That's yeah. just the luck. Like you You're get right. Just luck. You're right. I don't know. I think it's just fluke. It's going to – it's it's got to – 
go at some point. Maybe it's Purdue. I mean, who's yeah. who's set up best for the next like two years? Hey, Virginia lost to a sixteen seed obviously, in two thousand eighteen, and yeah. then they turned around and won it all. Yeah, we won't talk about how they just got bounced by a thirteen seed themselves, but that's fine. Uh, but I would take I would take a national championship next year. Oh, it's fine. Absolutely, sign me up right now. Where can I sign? Uh, do you think like the Big Ten underwhelming? Do you think it could be a factor of the twenty game schedule? Is it just a style of play that the Big Ten teams beat the crap out of each other, and then they get in the tournament and they can't adapt to? I don't know. I mean, style or smaller conference style or whatever. I know Evan was joking when he said Bo Borowski, but I mean, do you think it is like officiating at times just because like Isaac Haas outside of the big 10, nobody knew how to ref him, but I mean the big 10 refs who, who had him for 20 games a year for three and a half years or whatever. He's just like, he looks every time he like turns, he looks like he's fouling somebody just because he's so much physically bigger. Do you think that factors in at all? I mean, I think it's a, it's a factor. I think because you talk about like this year in the big 10, like the what was the best center? the Hakeem Olajuwon is at the award for best center or whatever yeah. and it was like of the five it was like three Big Ten guys and then uh and Hunter was just outside Timmy maybe or something yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah there was that kid from Western Kentucky was on yes that yeah yeah um but I also think the Big Ten I mean of course they did 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 this to themselves in the tournament they had trouble closing Purdue Ohio State. Rutgers, especially last night, um, being up 10 with four minutes left. Uh, uh, Michigan State, even, against UCLA, just none of them could cool. close at the yeah. end. So, you know, you, you you close a few of those games, you don't look too bad. Yeah. Um, but but it's uh, they're getting what they deserve from the media, and, and the Pac-12 is looking really good. So Yeah, and that's what I was kind of surprised. Like, I thought Illinois was, like, set up for – then say because they, they had Coburn with their plus IO, I mean, and Frazier, I mean, they have the really they, they good the guards. Yeah, they have a really, like, you they, have, to, have to have Carson, like, you have to have a guard yeah. like Carson who's going to go berserk or can they plus had the pieces. Yeah. But Loyola had a great game plan. Yep. And went by that game plan to a T. And just, just that, like North Texas the other night, they commanded the game from start to finish. That's why I'm really excited next year for Purdue, just because you've got Ivy who can go get a bucket whenever he wants. If Sasha and Newman become like forty percent three point shooters, like they appear they can, and Hunter gets back to being a thirty seven percent three point shooter, so you put three shooters around Ivy and Trevion. Yep. Oh, I think I think it's, I mean um, this team next year all of a sudden has expectations. This year's mm-hmm. team didn't have any expectations. They exceeded everybody's expectations. They were a year ahead of um, where they should have been. So uh, Ray Davis was saying free throws and he's talking about in the tournament that have not been great. That's very true. Yeah. I mean, they actually, they were like, I don't know. They it felt, it felt much worse. They were 10 of 14 against North Texas. It felt much worse than that. Well, and the three of the misses were at the very end or of regulation. Yes. Yeah. That's why I guess that's why it felt worse. Mm-hmm. But against Ohio state, they did the same thing. They missed some down the stretch against Ohio state. What was with Hunter? Uh, he went like, one for eight, like the last like three games on the free throw line after being like, yeah, that. he missed like se- it's like seven, <laughs> six, six, six seven or something. Yeah, Robert here on Facebook talks about the elite athlete at center for Loyola. Yeah, Loyola. Yep, uh, they are the darlings of the tournament again, along with three other teams. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. They got maybe got a good chance to make the final four again. I mean, they got a one in four chance. 
Yep. It's crazy. They're trying to turn into the new butler there, Andrew. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it was – uh, I mean, I've, I'm feeling a lot better now than I was. I'm over it. I don't know. I, I was bumming. Did you watch any? I didn't watch any basketball Saturday. I did. I watched some. Um, watched more yesterday than I did Saturday. But I needed a break from it. Saturday yeah. after Friday night, I think I turned it off and just went to bed and was just yep. like, I. Yep. yep. I watched it at my parents' house and I came back home to my house and I just kind of sat there for a little bit and just like. Man, sports like gotta love, but gotta hate it. Like, I mean, you're you're a Reds fan. You, you, you know, you oh, know no, I have to wear the Reds. I can only wear the Reds hat for about three more weeks. Yeah, you said once they start yeah. like two and eight, it's yep. <laughs> by about season. by mid April, I'll put this away. So, Ray says he thinks all the teams have been down this year from the line. It's been the, I mean, oh my gosh, Butler was like fifty percent this year from the free throw line. It was garbage. It's almost like the lack of fans or no fans at all threw off a lot of guys' concentration from the line. If that makes sense, like you would think they'd be more calm, but maybe you get more locked in when there's a full student section yelling at you than not. I mean, that's just a – Do you think there's anything with the preparation as far as like what they could do as a team for practices? I mean, obviously they didn't have the gym time in the summer Mm -hmm. or they couldn't do as much with the workouts. I have no idea how they were – if they were limited to like only part of the team and they could only do a full team for part of the – time or whatever just to limit exposure if that cut out gym time i have no idea i think obviously they're in the gym a lot and it's a free throw but i think you can factor in everything and this is the weirdest college basketball season we've ever endured and hopefully we don't have one ever like this again hopefully next year is a lot more normal we can have fans and everything um and and this tournament's proven to be the weirdest ever or one of the weirdest ever with the amount of ups yeah yeah it's a pretty interesting bracket this was frustrating about the NCAA tournament as much as we all love it in march madness it, it kind of stinks that your whole season is revolved around one tournament and how you finish because you're a little mm-hmm. off one night, your season's done. Yeah. And it's like, it sucks because I felt like Purdue had such a great year. They finished fourth yeah. in the big 10 when they were predicted like ninth, mm-hmm. but then they, but you remember because you lost to number third, the 13 seed tech North Texas. Exactly. Exactly. And and people forget that our last three NCAA tournament appearances were lead eight, sweet 16, sweet 16. They're mm-hmm. acting like we've, we've been knocked out. The first round every year for the last five yep. years. It's not the case. And when it does happen, it's always a close one. It's not like we get our clocks cleaned or anything. That's what you remember. You remember the, I the know. Bad, you remember the bad ones. It's amazing. I was kind of thinking that the other day. Like I was trying to think of like my favorite Purdue games of all time. But I could and I could rattle them off, but it's so much easier for me to rattle off the heartbreakers over the triumphs. <laughs> and it just that's the way in sports. I think I could do that with all my teams. I'm sure you could do that with the Reds. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, Ray says he's watching the women's NAI national championship. Three area girls playing for uh, India Westland, two from Tiffany Valley, and one from Morsel. It's up from where we're from here in uh, Rochester, Indiana. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I did see the uh, IU women's team won. So I guess there is a team from Indiana still wow. in the Division I NCAA tournament. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's in Micah Shrewsbury. We haven't really hit on this mm-hmm. too much. Um, he is now the new head coach at Penn State. Good for him. Um, quite a job for your first yeah, really job. Um, but I, I think he'll do fairly well. There's not a ton of expectations with that job. He'll mm-hmm. get the time he needs. I think he'll recruit Philadelphia um, pretty well. Um, so Philadelphia, maybe Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh is not near as basketball heavy as Philadelphia. 
Yeah, but I'm sure they have some athletes. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they do too. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I liked his message the other day, thanking everybody at Purdue and saying he'll be rooting for Purdue every every game every year except two or three times a year. And he asked the paint crew to take it easy on him next year. So well, that was pretty cool. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. a good guy. And this yeah. is what Matt wanted and what he wanted. Get him a few years of more experience at the college level and you can get him a head coaching job. So. Yep. No, I like Shrewsbury a lot. I was honestly hoping that he – didn't expect him to stick around it pretty very long. I was kind of hoping that he'd end up at Butler at some point. Do you think, uh, not to get off too much of a tangent here, but do you think Lavelle Jordan's on the hot seat going into next year, or do you think he's still safe for one more year? and then? Uh, I think he's next year. Next year better be better, and then he'll be on the hot seat, I think. They were pretty young, I mean, they had a, and they had a bunch of injuries. I mean, they weren't – some people were saying, like, oh, like five of their six top guys were hurt. No, it was like – like Aaron Thompson was hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's got – next year they need to be – at least like on, on the, the bubble, bubble. Yeah. at least. I mean, they've got some good young guards, so they should be improving. And if they don't, but I think it's probably have some nice transfers too. I really don't like their offense because they're not really an offense. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard you say that a couple of times. No. Uh, Ray said, Micah is a great guy. Brock uh, thinks a lot of them. Uh, Ray's referring to his son, Brock. That was a manager on mm-hmm. the pretty basketball team. So. <clears throat> I didn't realize he was from Indianapolis. Micah? Yeah, I was told today he went to Cathedral. Yeah, did not know that. Yep. So, I mean, he, he's a good recruiter. Like I said, mm-hmm. I think he'll do well. Now it's it's really int- – it'll be interesting to see who Purdue hires to take that role because – It'll be exciting, gonna yeah. got to think it's going to be an offensive-minded coach because a lot of people are saying Paul Lusk, who's a buddy of Painter's, former assistant at Purdue, he's more of a defensive-minded. So if Steve Lutz happens to leave for a head coaching job, maybe Lusk could fill in there, but I don't see Lusk coming back for Shrewsbury's role. Who do you think? Like, who do you got? What's, who's somebody you like? I mean, it's got to be, I feel like, because Painter's got the program in such a good spot. Yes. that, And it's got, like, you've got these big-name hires with Shrewsbury yes. going to a big job that pretty much any – like, would you go for, like, a top assistant at, like, I don't know, like a like a Big E school or a Pac-12 school or something like that who's got ties in the Midwest rather than going to kind of an unproven – yeah. Or a younger guy, I guess. I don't know. Kind of a more proven assistant coach who's yeah. ready to be a head coach. I think that's where this has got to be. This has got to be a little bigger, higher than a um, Ryan Smith or a. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a, it's also kind of the same thing as like you hired Shrewsbury knowing like it's going to be one or two years. Yeah. Or do you, or do you want a guy that you want that's going to be there five? That's a good point. But of course, winning attracts attention. Yeah. So it's a good problem to have. Painter's high respect or highly respected mm-hmm. around the coaching world, of course. Uh, a few names I've seen Golden Black throw out there. Uh, Greg Lansing from mm-hmm. uh, Indiana, Indiana State, State or was the former head coach in Indiana State. He and Painter go way back. He's an offensive-minded head coach. He'd make a lot of sense. But I think if it was going to be him, I think it would be announced any day now because Shrewsbury, if I remember correctly, was announced a day or two after the Virginia game in 2019. So it was pretty quick now yeah. after the end of the year. And, and- Lansing's been out of a job for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I know he mentioned a Providence assistant. Um, uh, I, I just don't know enough about what assistants are out there who's mm-hmm. who's uh, valued in high regard when it comes to But assistant. you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily need to be a Purdue guy or a painter. I don't think so. I mean, like, Lusk is the one, the obvious one that comes to mind. I can't yes. think of really any other stuff, like, besides, like, Kenny Lowe or Ryan something Smith, like Kenny that. Lowe. I mean, yeah. it would be great to have those guys back, but I don't think they're ready to fill a position <clears> like this. I agree. I think Purdue's kind of moved on from the more developmental assistant mm-hmm. spots. I think Brantley was kind of the last one, and he's worked out great. Um, 
Do you think it's interesting that he hasn't been like rumored for a head coaching job? Does he not want a head coaching job? Does he just he's fine know. being the big man guru at he's pretty good at big it. man country? Yeah, big he's man school in country. Gosh. So um, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, I, I'm, I don't want him to go anywhere. I'm just no, saying, I don't like, either. I'm kind of always like, oh, like I hope he doesn't go anywhere. I don't either. Um, it'll be interesting. A lot of, of Purdue uh, storylines to be be completed here still in the next few weeks. So we'll keep we'll keep tabs on that and keep you updated on our social media channels on our, our Facebook page, which you can like, and our Instagram and Twitter, which you can follow us at Boiler Break Pod. Um, should probably remind everybody before we move <laughs> on that uh, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by. Mad Mushroom. It's the first time I've done this read in a while. Evan's been <laughs> the Mad Mushroom read guy for a while, so I got to I gotta pull it up because I don't remember it. <laughs> the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, serving Boilermakers in West Lafayette since 1993. Mad Mushroom is located in the heart of West Lafayette and is well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. But whenever we visit, we like to sit down and have an ice-cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which this month is... The uh, spaghetti and meatball. It's their signature pasta sauce topped with spaghetti noodles, meatballs, mozzarella cheese, and finished with a garlic and Parmesan crust. And it only starts at $13. And the good news is when you're in town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Or you can also use the coupon code when ordering online BREAK5. That's an all caps B-R-E-A-K-5 to claim your discount. Five dollars off any order over twenty dollars. Mad mushroom, feed your head. I'm hungry. That sounds really good right <laughs> now. Um, moving on a little bit. Spring football. It's coming. Yeah. It's over. That was quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was hard to get a great evaluation because a lot, of course the media couldn't really be there and there were so many guys banged up, not participating. Yeah. It's, but yeah, I guess you're right. A lot of the guys that you expect to be major contributors. I mean, it sounds like the whole offensive line was like pretty much banged up. I mean, yeah. a lot of the wide receivers were out. Dave, I mean, David Bell didn't participate. He didn't need to, but it was kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it was Exciting, I guess, to see. I mean, here George Karloftis was a beast. Not surprising. Oh, it sounded, but it sounded like, like he was healthy. But it's like <clears throat> that's exciting. But is that a, a reason for concern too? Offensive line. <laughs> but it sounds like there's everybody's like gushing over how much depth, like by far the yeah. best depth that Purdue's had at offensive uh-huh. line for Brom, which is but depth on the offensive line, depth on the defensive line is another story. Correct. Correct. So it does sound like all the transfers, the new guys, kind of turned heads. Mm-hmm. Um, still OC brothers and Joseph Anderson. Yep. And yeah. even on, on the Jeff offensive line wit. Yeah. Then, but he look, looks like a monster. Yeah, like he's a big looking boy. him. Yeah. Looking at him in like the press conference, like after he just, there's just a, a need more of that. Yeah. Need more of that. Um, the two cornerbacks from Florida and Kentucky, they won't mm-hmm. be on campus till the fall the summer yeah. Four SEC transfers. Kind of, I'm okay good. with that. Yeah. I'm Okay. And they were they're younger, like redshirt freshmen, yeah. Uh, Ray Davis wondering if any incoming freshman came in early. Yanni Karloftis did, yeah, his brother, but he's still hampered with that hamstring injury, so he. I think did. they said it was worse than they thought. Yeah, so they held him out of the spring. Um, I can't remember. There were some others I know, but I can't remember any that played or popped up. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. I, had, I know there was a lot of guys who stood out. Um, 
interesting enough, Michael Alimo was one of them yeah. that turned head, said he's probably got the strongest arm on the team, which is great to hear. But they also they talked up all four quarterbacks. So it's like uh, – I, I mean, they said like all four are pretty even, I think is what yeah. it sounded like, that we've got four guys. And it's like, great. Just be prepared to have two quarterbacks again. I mean, yeah. it is <laughs> it is what it is. We've come used to it for the last decade at Purdue. Um, I did like hearing TJ Sheffield sound like really stood out from the slot. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, they said we talked about Anthrop being yeah. used in the backfield. I think they said Marcellus Moore being used in the backfield with some handoffs, which would be fun. Yeah, which he didn't participate in the spring because he's having a really successful track yeah. season. But everybody gushes about the speed. I mean, you watch him on track film, you see it. So really excited to see what he can do. Hey, the um, last the last track stars had a pretty good career in the NFL as a running back. That's very true. Raheem Mostert hadn't done too bad for himself. Um, even Akeem Hunt, um, yeah. he did participate in track a little bit while at Purdue. He didn't do too, too, too bad for himself uh, bounce no. around in the NFL either. Um, so, it, But it, it sounded – I really like what I hear about the defense. Brad Lambert's defense, uh, Mark Hagan's influence on the defensive line, all the new defensive uh, coaches, which speaking of coaches, they're still looking to fill a spot. Um uh, Anthony Poindexter left for Penn State. What's up with our assistant coaches leaving for Penn State? Um, he left for yeah, Penn State. and uh, isn't Taylor Stubblefield the coach at Penn State? Yeah, he's the oh, or did he leave for Miami or something? I thought yeah, he was at Penn Miami. State. Gerald, uh, Gerald Parker's the yeah, yeah, State, but he uh, Stubblefield was at Penn State, I think, at one time. Now he's at Miami. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, what the heck? But uh, so it'll be interesting to see who they fill in that role and if whoever fills in that role assumes the role of co-defensive coordinator or not. I don't know. Um, but I, I like everything I'm hearing from the defense. The more I'm hearing about the old defense, it just sounds like it was a mess. I mean, how many times has have they talked about how it's just – I mean, it's all aggressive. Like, it's like mm-hmm. no more bend and break. It's aggressive. No bend and no break. It's just be aggressive. And yep. uh, Hagen, I, I – Karloftis has said, like, I think in his interviews, he said he's literally the best. He said that like six times yeah, yeah. in the last like three weeks. So it's um, nice to have a coach that has been at Purdue for a decade before. I mean, mm-hmm. things have changed since 2010. Don't get me wrong, wrong and, and changed for the better as far as resources and um, the stadium, um, the improvements, the facilities, yeah. the athletic department, and everything. So, but it's nice to have that guy who's familiar with the culture in the city of West mm-hmm. Lafayette and everything. And, and the kind of that. Oh, it looks like Andrew froze there for a minute. Um, nope, you're you're back now. You froze oh. on my end for just a second, but I can hear you now. You're good. All right, but I missed whatever you were saying there. I just said connection to when Purdue's defenses were just really good in like the mid 2000s, yeah. early 2000s when they had all those NFL guys. Tons yeah. of NFL linemen. I mean, yep. um, yeah, um, Craig Terrell. Um, Sean Phillips, Adele, Sean Phillips, even Phillips was kind of a linebacker, linebacker but had a good, yeah. Mike Neal, Ryan Kerrigan towards the end. Um, Kwan Kwan, Short. Kwan Short. Yeah. He would have been there two years of, uh, yeah. again, probably recruited uh, him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I really liked, I mean, um, Ron English, the addition of English, um, of course, Lambert, I, I think they got a good staff and, and Brahms a lot more hands-on. It sounds like with the defense more than ever before. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about it. I I guess it was it was interesting. I guess when Diaco and that when he was let go and it kind of came out, it was almost like different personalities. And he, I mean, he'd been a head coach before, and it was like, is that a bad thing? Like, how does it go from being a head coach to being a coordinator? Ego. Is there some ego? ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
I think Lambert Lambert was a head coach. Mm-hmm. They started that program at like UNC Charlotte. Charlotte yeah. I don't know if anybody else has been a head coach anywhere, but it was, he talked about like having those English, experiences. English has been a head coach. He, oh Eastern yeah. Michigan. Eastern Michigan. Yeah. And it was just interesting. Cause that was kind of, kind of counter to what I was thinking was like, Oh, maybe it's not a good thing to have other head coaches just for that ego, but I guess you get the right guys. And that's kind of what sounds like Brown was going for in this process of getting the personalities that fit better. Yes. Which is like, how does Diaco fit into that? Like, how did that come about? I don't, I don't, that's great. I, I, a great question. I still don't know how that came about. <laughs> Everything we've read since his departure, I'm like, this was bad from the beginning. Like, yeah. what, like, what did he do in his, in his, um, interview? It's like, who, <laughs> who recommended him and, yeah, Brom and convinced Brom? I still think he's getting jobs from his 2012 defense at Notre Dame. I still mm-hmm. think he's getting back in that. Does he job. have a, does he have a job? Docker, I don't think get hired? he went anywhere. I mean, uh, he's getting yeah. paid pretty well. Yeah, I think he might. Yeah. This might be run out. His cachet may have run out. I would think so, at least for a coordinator. I mean, maybe he can go back to being a position coach, but he's a weird I guy. Know. I don't know. He was a he was an odd dude. Yep. Um, one 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 thing I kind of concerned, and I know Evan and I talked about it. I don't think you were on the podcast when we were recently. Uh, the struggles of special teams. Yeah, it seems like it's getting brought up every single report from Spring Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, right now they're having a competition for the kicker. Um, JD Dellinger's little brother is probably the front runner. They said there's two other mm-hmm. guys competing with them. It's more so the kicking woes than the punting woes, from what I've been reading. Okay, that's good. I thought the punting they were just kind of like, oh, well, they're kind of <laughs> waiting to figure it out until that Aussie punter comes in the fall, Jack Ansel, that they just signed. I haven't heard much about punting, other than they're kind of waiting, but yeah, the uh. Three kickers. Ray Davis said they should have picked up the uh, Mevis kid from Fordham as their kicker from the transfer pool. I, they're not done yet. I mean, they could still. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they got a kicker kid from Oklahoma State. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I I, I had seen that, and I kind of forgot about I it. I kind of forgot about it. I feel no, like I, I remember it. I would it, expect but... coming from Oklahoma State, a pretty good program, he'd come in and take over right away, and it doesn't sound like that's the case. Sounds no. like his accuracy is a little off, but he might have the strongest leg. Mm. Out of the three, um, uh, we'll just score touchdowns. Just smoke, just no smoke kick. Just score touchdowns. Uh, still got to make the extra points. <laughs> go for two. Let's go for two every time. Um, it, it'll be interesting. Um, who? This is a stupid question because we're gonna have fall ball to talk about come August. But as of right now, on March twenty second, who do you think will line up to take the first snap against Oregon State on September fourth? I think O'Connell. Yeah. I. Yep. I think he just has the better the better arm between him and Plummer. I like Plummer a lot. I like them both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just the ball comes out of O'Connell's hand just a little better. I mean, it's tighter. It's got more zip on it, and I think the offense just you can the passing offense is definitely more open with O'Connell than Plummer. I don't know. It just seemed like Plummer was. I don't know. I, I agree with everything you said, except. It's interesting because, of course, with the Browns' offense, you want to throw it downfield. He wants to throw it downfield. But he also likes a quarterback who can move, and Jack can yeah. move better than Aiden. So Definitely. Like, I don't know. That's why Austin Burton's such a wild card. Cause I, I feel like you got to – I'm surprised we didn't see Burton at all, just yep. in like a package of – Yep. I mean, I think we're going to go back to with the Blau and Sindelar because in Blau and Sindelar were kind of like that in Browns' first year where Blau was definitely the more mobile one, but Sindelar had the cannon, and then Blau yep. improved a lot with throwing next year. But – Yep. 
I mean, could it be a little bit of both? I mean, we never Brom since then he hasn't. I mean, he kind of I was surprised how much he stuck with O'Connell before he got injured. Mm-hmm. Daddy, we didn't see both, especially when they talked about how tight it was. Yeah, that's or to see Burton at all. But, Man, um, it's uh, I miss the days when Purdue just had that one dude that they could, went, you know. But it's been so long. Was it Orton like Painter? When was it was Painter? Painter really? Yeah. Because until his senior year, when he got banged up, and then Siller came in. Actually, his junior year, they were going to replace him, and they did against Northwestern with Joey Elliott. But Joey came in and broke his collarbone right away, mm-hmm. and then Painter went back in because Orton. He was the dude, but there was a he split a couple years. In, yeah, they went back and oh. forth, and then Kirsch transferred, and Orton took over and was like a Heisman candidate. And for well, Kirsch here, no, Kirsch was the guy in the fall. Okay, I'm thinking of Hans. Hans left after Hans and Hans and Orton. Like, they yeah. came in the same year. Yeah, they both. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hans was the redshirt freshman. Orton was a true yeah. freshman, and then uh, Orton ended up beating him out. Hans left for USC, and then Kirsch was the runner that would come in. Yeah, Kirsch would come in, and Orton would get hurt, and then Kirsch broke his hand. Hand in yeah. 2004, and Kirsch once he got his shot in 2005, he just under delivered, and then got replaced by Painter halfway through, and then he he uh, jumped to the AFL. For the Colorado crush and didn't end well for him. So, yeah, but ever since then, it's been uh, Joey Elliott in 09 was the guy. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, it's been two quarterbacks. I, I would love, I would, I would, I would kind of be excited if it's a line mode. He's like a redshirt freshman. And it's like, all right, here's it's your team for four years until Brady Allen tries to take it from you or something. I was going to say, but then what's that do for Brady Allen? But uh, yeah. that's how quarterback recruiting is. You grab one every year because every guy thinks they are the guy and they can beat the guy. And you never play. know. I mean, it. you don't like Drew Brees, six foot oh, yep. kid with a knee injury coming yep. out of Texas. You never like, know. Who knows? You catch lightning in the bottle once and it can turn your whole program around. And mm-hmm. and we're Purdue fans. We know that whoever starts the season is not going to end the season quarterback because they're going to probably get hurt. It just, so you want depth there. You want, reliable options mm-hmm. so but um no, looking forward to football it's going to be a big year for brahm and company i think everybody knows that tough schedule um on paper at least but um, hopefully we can all be there in ross together on, on um, september 9th or september 4th um because that would be a lovely sight to see that place would be rocking mm-hmm. just being back so because it's uh I gotta be honest, it's, it was a bummer this whole past year not going to Purdue events. My last sporting event I've been to was senior day of basketball against Rutgers. It's, I mean, going to sports games is a big hobby of mine and it's a passion of mine and it's it's been pretty lonely not doing it. I've saved a lot of money, but uh, <laughs> I would rather just put down the money and, and go to the games. Mm-hmm. I know you went to a few Butler games. Went to one, yeah. It was fun. It was interesting, but it was, yeah. Yeah. Wishing I was kind of, I was already set because I knew Purdue was going to play mm-hmm. at either was it Banker's Life or Hinkle or the Coliseum or Hinkle today yesterday. It would have been Banker's or Hinkle. Yeah, yeah I was like I was all set for to go see Purdue at Hinkle on Sunday. Yeah, I know I know a decent amount of people. I went to Lucas on Friday night. Um, darn it! But is what it is. I guess I think yep. uh, they did say today uh, Purdue baseball is allowing fifty percent capacity. Which I would think that's probably about what we get <laughs> normally for yeah. good games. So yeah. um, that's great. That's great. That's uh, making strides. We're getting. We're we're getting there um, step by step. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, yes, sir. Um, I should mention also that the boiler breakdown is also brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. 
Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Um, they are here for any of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services. You can check them out at www.webrx.com, or you can give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy is the professional pharmacy with a hometown touch, and they are boiler-owned and operated. And we really appreciate them, Mad Mushroom, and Shroff Landscaping Nurseries for being on board for Season 2 of the Boiler Breakdown, which why don't you give us that read real quick for Shroff? Yes, sir. Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, and their licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574 573-2769, 2-2-3-2-7-6-9. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. And I noticed the other day they're sending out some mailers to uh, their current customers to see what they might want done with their yards. So uh, it's that time of year. It's that time of year to put some grass seed downtown. Get going. My yard's a mess, dude. I need to do something. It's it's bad. It's bad. It's looking rough. Looking rough. Um, any closing thoughts, Andrew, as we wrap up season two? It's... Uh, been a fun year yeah it's just such it's just a pain how much how it ended so i'm uh i don't know just think back of the positive everybody stick together and i think purdue's gonna be in for a couple exciting couple of years hopefully for basketball ray davis says shrove handles uh their landscaping last spring so there you go nothing, nothing more to say there but uh, i agree with you said about basketball it, it was a bummer how it ended but i think uh bright Days are ahead. I really do. I think Matt Painter's best days are ahead of him. I think Purdue basketball's best days are ahead of him. I think they're really close to getting over that hump. Um, and Purdue football, I'm always probably a little too optimistic, but uh, well, I'm really optimistic this year they can get back on the right track and get that thing going in the right direction again after two down years. But um, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to our podcast every week, whether you watched them on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, or, or listen on your preferred podcast platform we uh, really had fun again bringing this to you for season two it's crazy we've went two full uh produced seasons uh football and basketball but uh this one was different of course without without fans and everything and not be able to go to games but uh glad you were able to stick with us and like once again thanks to our sponsors mad mushroom webs family pharmacy and shroff landscaping nurseries and, and thanks to you and evan andrew i enjoy doing this show with you guys every week it's it's always fun yeah, no, thanks for the invite. Sorry, thanks for uh, working with the, the tax season schedule the last few months. Got to do what you got to do. So uh, uh, we get it. We get it. And I'm sure Evan sent a nice regards to all the listeners and viewers. <laughs> He's enjoying himself on some much, much well-deserved vacation. I mean, if he was uh, a dedicated host, he might be joining right now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure his uh, Indiana alum girlfriend would appreciate that. So... <laughs> But uh, please give us a like on Facebook if you haven't already. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. Um, you can pretty much find us wherever. So uh, tell your friends about us. And we won't. This isn't goodbye. This isn't goodbye. Just see you later. We'll be popping up with hopefully some interviews over the summer and some fun boiler trivia and a few different things up our sleeve. So it's it's not goodbye till August. It's, it's see you later till to be determined. So uh, thanks everybody for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your week.